Welcome to Across the Rail Podcast, Methodist layman dishing hot takes on current events, church stuff, and cultural issues. Our episode today discusses an extremely thought-provoking nativity display at Claremont United Methodist Church in California. Warning, we're not the men in black from the pulpit, but from the pews across the rail. Merry Christmas from the Across the Rail gang. Uh, it's almost, it's Christmas Eve Eve, and uh, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, all the above. I hope you're having a uh, wonderful holiday season. But our episode today is entitled Nativity Cage Match in California. This ought to be a barn burner, so uh, I'm going to have the roll call, and uh, who's here? Well, first of all, I want to say Merry Christmas. Uh, this is John. Hey, this is Jody. This is Ron. So uh, here we go. Get ready. Jody, why don't you uh, uh, introduce the story background for us? Okay, well, here's the story according to KABC-TV. A United Methodist Church in California is getting a lot of attention for its nativity scene showing the infant Jesus, Mary, and Joseph separated in cages. The Claremont United Methodist Church is using the nativity scene to speak out about the U.S. southern border separation policies of President Donald Trump's administration. The display shows each member of the Holy Family in a cage, with Mary and Joseph extending their arms toward Jesus in the middle. We thought about the most famous refugee family in the world, the family of Jesus, the church's senior minister, Reverend Karen Clark Ristine told KABC, and that another nativity scene inside the church shows Jesus, Mary, and Joseph reunited. The Reverend Ristine continued, shortly after the birth of Jesus, Joseph, and Mary were forced to flee with their young son from Nazareth to Egypt to escape King Herod, a tyrant, she wrote. They feared persecution and death. What if this family sought refuge in our country today? Can you imagine Joseph and Mary separated at the border and Jesus no older than two taken from his mother and placed behind the fences of a border patrol detention center as more than 5,500 children have been in the past three years? Jesus grew up to teach us kindness and mercy and a radical welcome of all people. Not everyone agreed with her sentiments, or the theology behind the nativity scene, as detractors shot back at the Reverend Ristine on her Facebook page. The journey to Egypt is not what is being depicted in this scenery in this church. Yes, like, let's take one of the most hopeful, beautiful images of Christmas and turn it into a profane political statement that divides people. Not a church I want to attend, There are other ways to express opinion that does not desecrate. Others, however, appreciated it. Such a powerful and thought-provoking and totally appropriate statement. Grateful for churches who aren't afraid to stand up for social justice. Powerful messages. Well done. Don't listen to the sleazeballs with Trump's message of Christianity. Ristine Saturday Post has garnered 20,000 shares as of Monday morning the 9th of December, and she said that's what she wanted. It was nice for me to see that people wanted to talk with one another even though they disagreed, Ristine told KABC. So if this sparks conversation, 
That would be one good goal. Hmm. That's not controversial at all, is it, Jody? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, here's the thing. So I'm just kind of letting this soak in, and and I, I, I don't know how to, to start, so I'm just going to say initial thoughts on this very uh, creative, air quotes, nativity display. Well... I'll be very short and to the point uh, about my opinion of this. I think it's very disgraceful. I think it's a, a shame that a that a that a church that a church uh, takes the takes the the holiest of days and and uh, the, dealing with the birth of Christ and turn it into a political statement. I, I think it's appalling. I'm embarrassed that they're associated with the Methodist Church. Right. And and I think it needs to be taken down. I just wouldn't want to have to be the one to answer for that. You know, when you pass and you're on the other side, what did you do in your lifetime? I locked up baby Jesus. <laughs> uh, that just, that, I, I wouldn't want that on my shoulders, I must say. So. Oh, they, they, they also wrapped baby Jesus in a uh, uh, aluminum blanket as well. Uh, the, oh, like one of those space blankets? Yeah, yeah the space blankets that they issue to the... Uh, now, would the, baby Yoda wear that? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, no. I said no. Oh, wow. That's, that's crazy. Well, Jody, you read the article. What's, uh, what's pinging around inside that enormous cranium of yours? Uh, for me, you know, I'm just going to say this. It crossed, it crossed the line. Uh, that's, that's church pushing political agenda, and it's just flat out wrong. You know, my initial thoughts are, you know, the, the, the Bible says that the spirit of Christ and, and, and it witnesses with our spirit. And initially when you see something, you know, you have a gut reaction to something. And I've been to things that I've felt bad about, but not in an embarrassed way. It's shock and, and like, like perhaps how God would see something. When I went to the Holocaust Museum, and, and again, I'm not equaling this to the Holocaust Museum, but I'm saying that when I saw a certain display of actual garments and actual mm. things, it, it evoked in me a, a very guttural, visceral response. And while it didn't fall or didn't rise to the level of this one, as soon as I saw this picture, I got a lesser but a similar type uh, uh, reaction. And, um, and, and my gut although getting bigger over time, uh, typically doesn't, doesn't go wrong because I think we have to trust the spirit inside of us for things like this. Um, so that leads to another question. So, you know, we've talked about our opinion. So what is the correct Christian response to this issue? And I admit it's a very uh, complex one for a variety of reasons. What, what is the Christian response to this? Well... We are to show love. We are to show respect, whether we agree or disagree. But I have a problem. I have a really big problem uh, with, with 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 the whole the whole message that they're sending on there. The the the, the message of, of of the virgin birth is one message, on there. Right. and that's 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 what the main thing is. The main thing, and that's what we should be celebrating, not. Not border patrol policies, not Donald Trump, not anything. My hope I mean, isn't in ice. I mean, you no. look at the incarnation. That is the almost other than Easter. That's right mm -hmm. underneath. That is the apex <coughs> of hope 
for humanity. <clears throat> and and to pull that into the political pit right. is is that that's why I got that very guttural reaction to that. Yeah. Well, I have to say that the view represented it does not work with context as we know in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it nauseates me. Amen. Okay. That, that's all I say. Amen. <laughs> well, well, go ahead, John. Well, you're, you're, you know, it, it's bust loose, brother. It it it, <clears throat> it goes to show you that that you you have a a uh, a minority faction, and that's exactly what this church is. And there, they have to. This isn't the first time that they've had a creative uh, n- nativity, nativity scene. scene. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that uh, Greg, true. I believe you, you, back in 2013, they they did Tr- Trayvon Martin yes. right. on there. Yes. And, and uh, you know, tell me what that was. Tell me how Jesus was involved with a Trayvon Martin uh, uh, depicted as baby Jesus. Well, I, you know, and I get the Methodist Church has been on the forefront of a lot of social uh, justice. And, and a lot of it I'm very proud of. Uh, this... Where it gets into, the, again, the most hopeful time of year, and it drags it into a very uh, divisive political debate, yes. uh, uh, is well, is the, the, not, and and it and it looks bad on other Methodists across the United States. Absolutely, it, it makes it. You know, we are guilt by association. Guilt by association, yeah. right there. And 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 whether it brings up discussion or not, here's the discussion that I'd like to bring up with them. You know why? Why are you? Why are you defaming God by right. using him as a as a as a springboard for your political beliefs? And it's and the Bible is really clear. <clears throat> you believe this. You believe this. You believe this. Not oh, and uh, we we have a uh, illegal immigrant situation over there that you know we need to discuss. Interesting. Know? There is a very small percentage. I'm a firm believer in this. Church and politics should not. Intertwine. There is a very oh, small little area where that's okay for that to intertwine. This is not one of them. I this agree. is not that, one of them. That's absolutely pushed the envelope beyond. Absolutely. John, when you when you mention, you know, why why do you defame God? One thought, one word comes to mind, and it's antichrist. Well, you know, you know what? And, it's pretty and strong there, and, brother Jody. And, 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 and bringing the heat today. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and I'm telling you this: I'm, without going into a lot of the politics on there, you you obviously have a different faction running that particular organization or that group out out west than we have here in our traditional mindset on there. You know, the viewpoints are not the same. Okay, and if they take what the, what the Bible says and what the Book of Discipline says, because we're all Methodists on there, we should be at least be we ought a, to be reading off the same page. Well, that's in exactly theory, my point. We, we we ought to we ought to be at least hitting the same highlights. We're not even doing that. You know, this is in 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 our small community. We uh, we have we have a church that is north of us on there and they have several pastors in this particular church and they were overheard saying that and this is the pastor saying this they weren't sure if there was a heaven or hell oh my wow. 
I, I nearly fell over, and I wouldn't even part You're of the You're in the wrong business. I'm yeah. standing on <laughs> it's kind of like a plumber saying, I don't believe in running water in homes, you know? <laughs> yeah, the outhouse is over there. There you go. Here's wow. Show. You know, come so, on. Uh, we might need Reverend, uh, Reverend Dr. T to sound uh, yeah, off on Reverend, this. Reverend, what would you say? Well, you know, this kind of reminds me of a of a story that that I that I heard. I listened to it, and it was about a family that had two children of their own. They were also caring for a foster child, since they had thought that would be a good influence for the child and help out the situation. And I think we can all agree that was a pretty noble goal. Then they asked for and received a child that ICE had tried to place near them with relatives in the area, but that didn't work out. So. After a while, they realized that four small children in their family was, quote-unquote, too much, and they couldn't care for them all and meet their needs. So while I, while I bring this story up, I think this is a great micro-example of the position we find ourselves in at the southern border. We want to do what is noble, and we want to help as much as we can because we're overall a good people. The United States overall, I mean, no no one is righteous, no, not one, but we are a good-hearted people. And I think we care for the underprivileged. But what we found out is we are now overwhelmed, and unfortunately, we cannot care for all the world's oppressed, no matter how much we care. So we have to triage our goodwill. Interdicting the folks coming in to determine who is most eligible, and 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 those who are simply there to better their existence financially. I mean, we we have we we can't afford it all. It's just like, you know, our church's uh, clothes closet cannot clothe everybody. We just don't have the resources to to do that. But we can do our best to relieve suffering. Yes, John. Well, you, you bring up two points. Okay, at least two points for me. First, first thing first on there. You know, charity starts at home. You know. Uh, yes, we have. Is that a, biblical? It's it's uh, it's it's yes, it is. Okay, it's part of love. Okay, it's part of God. Baby. So in saying that, on there, you know, we need to do a much better job as a church community. As and I'm not just talking to Methodists. You know, there's a lot of different uh, denominations out there to uh, to uh, to help the needy. Okay, to that's why we have a closed closet. That's why we have a food pantry. To right. help those that are needing. Yep. Now, I don't have a problem in our southern borders when they come into this country legally. Right. Okay? And and that's the difference uh, between what uh, uh, this pastor in California, you know, was trying to project on there. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Joseph and Mary went to uh, Jerusalem because they were following the law. Exactly. Okay, they were following the law. So now to have immigrants come into the country, uh, you know, as Christians, and and, and that and that's what we are as Christians. There's no law that says we have to stop them. There's no law that says we have to turn them in. Okay. Right. You know, that's of the world's law. Right. Okay. And 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 I'll have to. Uh, get a Bible out here in just a second and read a passage for you that talks about uh, that that particular uh, part that I want to cover. Anyways, I'm rambling. Um, but as Christians, the immigrants that are here, we do, we, de- we do need to show compassion. We do need Correct. to show respect. 
you know. Uh, well, if we were a church at the border, would it be out of the realm of 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 possibilities to help? Assist, you know, maybe bring some clothing for them if they didn't come over with the proper. I think of if, 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 if even they, though we don't agree with them coming over illegally, can we not at least try to alleviate some suffering or or is that the right thing to do? What would be the difference if we if we if we were right on the border and we cross that border and say, hey, I know uh, I know you need help. We brought help. Uh, we brought clothes. We brought. Food, I have no problem with that. You know. And that's showing a, a Christian attitude. Absolutely. But to come in illegally, right? to break the law on there. Because that's malice of forethought. That, that, that is. Because you have to get typically get the services of Coyote to get you across. Okay. And, right? and, and, again, and so that, people go into that relationship knowing I'm making a deal with the devil. And, and you wouldn't believe what that funds. It funds all types of other sure shady yep. uh, you know, drugs coming into the country. Uh, uh, the vast majority of which come in at legal checkpoints, however. Yeah. Mm. A lot so, of them do. Well, let's let's get them. back to the core issue, though. We're now, what we're talking about is uh, families getting separated, children getting separated from their parents. Now, here's the real question. If you, being a loving parent, will subject your child and your wife mm-hmm. to this kind of abuse because... Uh, you're breaking the law. You know you're breaking the law right. when you come over. Right. Uh, who's really at fault here? I would never subject my wife or my children to this. You know, I am a son of an immigrant, and, and they did it proper, okay? And they went through all the the hoops and, and everything that they had to do to become uh, citizens of the United States. There. So... How how are how are these well at that point we didn't have an Episcopalian band. Uh, well, he's not Episcopalian. Just there, so. kidding, John. <laughs> 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 part, part of the problem, I think, you know, we're we're allowing too much time uh, for retention. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if the United States is not going to allow them to come in, then maybe you know, if our tax dollars are are holding them and feeding them. And it is against the law uh, for them to enter legally. Then why not pay for the fare to get them home? What you know? Instead of separating them, why not just go ahead and bust them straight back out? That's not uncompassionate. Well, here's the thing, though: some of those are are claiming asylum, right? Meaning, if they return, they are in. Okay. Peril of their lives. Okay. Now, possibly. possibly, possibly, but that's the that's the yeah. quandary. What is truth and what is okay? So, not truth. so, 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 going who's coming in just to get jobs and who's actually yeah, exactly. fleeing persecution? Okay. So, as 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 government on there, and and we're we're our job is to uh, uh, stop illegals from coming in because that's that's the law on there. Yet you have some states like California. Actually, there's 14 states in the United States right now that allow illegal aliens to get driver's license. Now, why? 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 It's rewarding illegal activity. That's exactly what it is. And should the church? Let's let's bring it even closer to home. Should the Methodist Church be involved in enabling? No. No. Criminal behavior. No church should. No. That's kind of what I hear. We can show compassion, we can show love, but not coming in 
you know, we're not going to help bring anybody over. We're 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 not going to dedicate this this particular room as a sanctuary room, so we can have uh, safety and security uh, from uh, from ICE or whoever the uh, governor uh, the, the governing uh, authority police authority right. uh, would be. And we'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back. So. We were talking about our, the Christian response to this issue, and I know some of us kind of, I mean, this, this is an extremely broad topic, it's extremely raw. It kind of uh, elicits response from a whole lot of areas. But one other question I wanted to ask the, the August panel this evening is, can the witness of our concern for the underprivileged or oppressed be compromised by the enabling of unlawful behavior? Yes, it can. Would you like to elucidate on that? All right. So if if we're knowingly aiding and abetting someone that we know is breaking the law, mm-hmm. uh, and we're doing so within the confines of our own church or, you know, with our own religious, whatever organization might be, then yes, that, that absolutely affects your witness. Okay. Because we are supposed to. Love one another, yes. We are supposed to care for one another, Where yes. does the law breaking stop? Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. See, well, the lines get blurred. It, it does. It does. I mean, that's a hard, that's a hard one. And don't you think that's why we're, at, why we're where we are today? Because of compromise? Because it's, of, it's a constant bend. Yeah, yeah, constant bend. Yeah. It makes a circle. We yeah. repeat the same exactly. vicious things. Well, I do know there is an oft-quoted chapter in the in, in the book of Romans, Romans thirteen, right. that pretty much uh, uh, makes a statement about our portion, our response, our to authority. So, John, why don't you uh, uh, read about the first seven uh, verses of that one? Uh, I'll start with the what twelve, uh, twelve. Well, the 13th 13. chapter of Romans. Oh, 13. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, well, you already have it. Go ahead and knock Large it Large print. Go ahead, Jody. Knock it out. All right. So if we look, and I'm, I'm quoting the New International Version, 13, chapter 1, or verse 1. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, mm-hmm. whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what's right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. There you go. There you go. There you go. No, that's that's uh, that's pretty clear, and... A lot of people would say, okay, I, I get that, but let's say the state, you know, let's say that the, uh, well, I'm not going to mention my name, but the orange ogre says, okay, 
Now we got this. I want you to do something like, oh, let's arrest people based on their religious affiliation or God forbid to throw the Hitler grenade. What if the state says we need to arrest Jews? I mean, at what point do you I withdraw think, your allegiance to the state I, I and say, when I'm going to When it violates God's law. Yeah. On your, I think God's law supersedes man's law. Without a doubt. Uh, and, and that's plain and simple. And now... Now, and that may be the stance that they're taking, and they're taking it and, and saying, uh, you know... But that's a pretty huge extrapolation. It wouldn't be the first time that they took a verse and, and, and made, right. a, made a, a religion out of it. But th- that's, that's exactly what they're doing. They're saying, they're saying oh, God wants you to love, love, love thy neighbor. Well, I, you can do that. You can do that and still follow man's law. Right. You know, going back to what I said earlier... You know, you, if they're here, you treat them with respect. Well, you you don't kick them when they're down. On there. It's kind of like this. Let's say you're you're at home, and you you know that your child has done something bad, really bad, really bad. But you mm-hmm. love your child. Mm-hmm. Please come knocking on your door. Hey, is so and so here? No, they're not here. Are you sure? No, they're not here. I'm a Christian. It's okay. They're not here. Well, guess what? When they find them. You're aiding and abetting. You're still going to jail, right. and you're you're actually going to be stereotyped. Christians can't be truthful. That's right. right. So you're doing more damage well, to you know, the guys, witness. Uh, in Acts, the apostles had to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it got to the point where they said, "Hey, we have to obey God's law. We can we cannot obey your law." But the, the interesting thing about that is. They took their lumps, okay? okay they who, took the, the beatings that came right. with it and the jail time. Who, 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 can, uh, who can forget the, uh, the story of the furnace and the, the three that wouldn't obey the king's right. life? You know, you know yeah. they follow God's law first. I mean, if, yeah. if, uh, if, if, if Orange Man tells me I have to bow down and worship a statue to him, then he, that's when me I, and the Orange, you know, that's I'm, where I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to jail now. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Orange <laughs> <laughs> I like he who shall not be named. That's right. Orange man. That orange is very man. appropriate. Okay. So, now, the last thing, when we, this is of the opinion segment. Can the message of the incarnation and redemption offered by the birth of Christ be heard through all of this noise? No. No. Not at all. Not, not, this not effectively. Not in this. Not effectively. In that no. context. No, no it no. cannot. No. 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 Because it's perverted and it's warped. There you go. You know, I'm, I always had this really irritating uh, uh, habit of bringing up this little five-foot-nothing guy named John Wesley that lived, you know, 200 and some odd the animal lover. years. The, the animal, animal lover, yeah, that's go. right, from last time. <laughs> well, he wrote a little pamphlet. I mean, John Wesley was, the, the thing I love about him, he's so insignificant and yet so organized, and he documented everything. That guy wrote everything. Well, he wrote in 1742 a pamphlet called The Character of a Methodist. Mm-hmm. So as Methodist, I kind of want to read you what he wrote many years ago. Quote, there are too many people who make a religion out of one, doing no harm, or two, doing good, and often these two together. God knows we Methodists do not fall into this mistaken way of defining our Christianity. Experience proves that many people struggle for a long, long time with this false idea of religion consisting of good works or no bad works. In the end, these deluded people have no religion at all. They are no better than they started. 
It goes back to that old saying, uh, you know, the, the, the road to hell is filled with good intentions. Dude, I mean, this uh, guy this guy yeah. is the patron saint of doing good to others. Methodists have always believed in, in a social holiness, meaning that we don't work our way into salvation, but as a changed person, as God changes our see, heart, see, we love people and want to serve people. See, John Wesley, along with doing those good works, was also expressing agape or Christ love for his man. Now, Under, it gets better. It Under. gets better. In a later part of this pamphlet, he states, As time permits, the Methodist does good to all, his neighbors and strangers, his friends and enemies. This includes every kind of good. So naturally, the Methodist provides food for the hungry, clothing to the naked. He visits people who are sick and in prison. But even more important than this, the Methodist labors to do good to the souls of men. The greatest good work a Methodist can do is to help somebody get in a right relationship with God. Isn't Keeping the main, main thing, thing the main thing. thing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. That's another Reverend T moment right there. Absolutely. Here it comes. Well, we're back. Um, so now we're into the scriptural segment of the podcast. So we got a couple of questions here. What does the Bible say about a similar situation? In other words, what should be our level of current cultural engagement in the political realm, if all? All righty. Coming to you with uh, Genesis chapter 42, verse 6 through 17. I'm reading from the NIV here. Now Joseph was the governor of the land the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brother arrived, they bowed, down, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. The land of Canaan. They replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dream about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my lord, they answered. Your servants have come to buy food. We all are the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. No, he said to them. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, Your servants were twelve brothers, the son of one man, the sons of one man who lives in the land of Canaan, and the youngest is now with her father, and one is no more. Joseph said to them, "Is it just as I told you? You are spies, and this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place until your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your numbers back, one of your number back to get your brother." The rest of you will be kept in prison, so that as your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. Whoa. Joseph, a Old Testament prototype of Christ, threw him in the can? He did. Wow. Wow. Now, that's an interesting passage because it's roughly, roughly similar to kind of what we're talking about right now. We have people that are non-natives because of 
hardship, and there are, we admit there are hardships in Central America, but they're coming into Egypt. And it seems like this may not be out of the realm of the ordinary. John, what do you think? Well, I can see the, uh, the similarities. I, I do. Um, I just think that um, uh, Joseph, uh, knowing what the outcome is going to be right on there, uh, if if Joseph is is i.e. our government, i.e. He was definitely the government yeah, at that time. Yeah, he was. He was number yeah. two in the kingdom. You know, and Egypt was the world superpower. Of so time. you know what, what what's a little different on there? Uh, you know, uh, uh, yes, he 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 locked up the brothers. Mm-hmm. On there, uh, and eventually. Uh, Reunited the family. Okay. Okay. So, uh, well, let me ask you a question. Well, was it out of the ordinary tre- treatment? Do you think? No. If, if somebody waltzed into Egypt no. with a caravan, do you don't no. think somebody would say, hey, who are you? Why are you here? Do you think well, that's out uh, of the realm of I think, possibilities? I, I think that I, I, I think that the, the, the government has every right to know who is coming exactly. and going to their, their country. I mean, that's, that's my point. I mean, yeah. this border security and scrutiny is nothing, nothing new. And and if this had been out of the ordinary, well, again, again, I'm going to stress back that you know there are proper channels to go through Whoops. to get uh, to, drop. to get into uh, there you go <laughs> there you go uh, to, to to get uh, to get into the country okay. on there. Uh, you know, again, you know, the the problem that we have, uh, you know, we we're one country, we're one country, and amongst many, and our allies, you know, our allies down south, they didn't do a whole lot to help our situation, you know. Hmm. How many countries did they pass that when we had that big big herd coming from South America? Some three uh, or more. Uh, yeah, you know, depending how far someone I mean, so, starts, so, at least through two. So, so in, in, in all honesty, uh, you know, if they're claim, claiming asylum, they pass through three or four countries that they could have claimed asylum for safety, but they chose not to. Of course, now we have people on our side that are going in and feeding them, and you know, they got new sneakers, new backpacks. I've never seen more bottled water uh, flowing through 5,000 people than these people were supplied. Yeah. I have no problem with that, you as know? long as it's alleviating legitimate it, suffering and, and, you, and problems. If it was meant for that, but that's not what it was meant I for. Know. It was meant for a political statement. Right, right. You know, we don't want to be harsh to the undocumented, but no. we're also, like it says in Romans 13, we're subject to the laws of our government. Right. We live in the balance of wanting to treat people with compassion, and, and we want to keep their dignity, but we have to stop <clears throat> short of supporting unlawful behavior. So, who's got another verse? How about Peter 2.17? What does it say? It, it tells us to honor all people, love the brotherhood, but fear God and honor the king. How do you honor the king? You obey the law. Hmm. Pretty short and sweet there. Huh? Didn't Jesus say, give Caesar what Caesar? That's exactly what he you said. Know? you got to do the coin flip. Yeah, yeah, you got to do the coin flip. 
<laughs> Where's your denarius, big boy? <laughs> okay, well, I tell you what. Why don't we? Uh, well, the the I'm gonna I'm gonna look at Luke 13 because this is actually this is red letter stuff. This is Jesus uh, swerving, whether of on his, of of his own accord. I tend to think not. But Luke chapter 13, verse one through three. At that, this is out of the Revised Standard Version. At that very time, there were some some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate, that's the same Pontius Pilate that put Jesus to death, had mingled with their sacrifices. So Jesus asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Now, Jesus is grabbing something out of the common culture. I mean, he was, I'm sure... Everybody heard this news. They were shocked by it. And immediately they take it right to Jesus, the Messiah. That a lot of people think this Messiah, maybe this will tip him over the edge to do something to alleviate this garbage we're living in. Mm -hmm. And Jesus pulls that completely 180 degrees back to mission one. The salvation of men's souls. These Galileans that did this weren't any better or weren't any worse than anybody else. You know, we all rise and fall on our own acts, and and it, it's you know it, it's uh, uh, we we understand that the Galileans had a history of seditious behavior and open rebellion. And Pilate's response to that action. Uh, if Jesus commented on it, it might entangle him into a political struggle between local Jewish interests and the Roman authority in Judea. So he brings it back to a kingdom principle rather than getting embroiled and dividing people. It's kind of like, you know, remember Billy Graham and Billy Graham for years eschewed political positions because he said, I want to have access to, you know, Republicans as well as Democrats. Right, right, right. And I think this ties it back into the very first thing we're talking about here, okay? What is the mission of the church? Right. What is it? Make disciples. To make disciples. How does this make disciples? This doesn't. This does not make make people. It's shocking all, and it's it's diverting. Yeah, it's... it's We're we're into the rage culture, and this just creates more rage. Galileans at their finest. There That's you go. it. Now, I heard another story, <clears throat> Mr. Storyman here, and about a young lady and her daughter who were living in Central America. They wanted to come to the United States to get work to provide money to help with her, her ill grandfather who needed money for medicine. Now, obviously, if our families are suffering, we want to do something about it. I totally get it. Well, she paid coyotes to get her across the border. Now, she was subsequently told during the journey and after she paid her money that the price was now more than what she paid and she would have to pay more or, quote-unquote, earn her way north, being pimped out. So she was prostituted out, and when she got to the border, she was detained. Her child made it to the U.S. Now, this is a horrible story. There's nothing redeeming, nice, good, anything in this story. But the initial problem is when is her contacting illegal elements to begin with. It's kind of like when you've got money trouble, you don't go to the mafia to get a loan because it never ends well. You just get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And and when you go to 
uh, relying on criminals for fair and just treatment and trusting you won't be taken advantage of is not a realistic strategy. I'm pretty sure you're not going to be traveling first class into the United no. States on there. And you're no. absolutely right. It 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 uh, pro- projects those people into a a violent world that they're not prepared for on there that involves in I mean, you place yourself willingly at a position yeah. of disadvantage. So you know, as bad as that story is, why would you do that knowing that nothing good can happen? Well, going back to what Jody had said earlier on there, if if if, if they've got enough a thousand dollars that they've scraped up to pay a coyote to get across, why would they not use that to uh, uh, in, in their own community to relocate or try to get uh, exactly. some some, right. some better help there? You know the. <coughs> It goes back to that story that the family that wanted to have another person, to bring another person on. You want to do something, but sometimes you just can't. I mean, as much as I would like to, if my wife had cancer, and I think she would agree with me, I know she's going to listen to this podcast, you know, if I can't, if I have cancer and my wife can't afford you're, continuing cure, I'm not going to make her work destitute to and imperil her or my other members of my family just to do that. I mean, that's called sacrificial love. Right. Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes you... Uh, Sometimes bad things happen because we live in a fallen world and we can't do things to imperil others to help others. Right. It's a double-edged sword and will harm both ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Greg, something I found interesting about that story that you're you're talking about, which is a true story, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the, uh, the mother and the daughter were separated for a period of time. Right. Okay. There was a foster home that the daughter was placed in, and uh, she she seemed to flourish and do okay. But now this is an interesting thing. Going back to you know where you just mentioned, we were sitting there speculating on okay, you got to pay X amount of money to get here, put yourself in harm's way and stuff. Ultimately, at the end of the day, and I believe this lady was from Guatemala, if I remember correctly, uh, mom went back home to Guatemala. And the court system, after a while, determined that the child was better with his biological mother in this place that's supposedly so oppressive and, and so bad. And then sent her back. And sent her back. And, right. and since then, the adoptive, uh, or not, the, but the foster parents have been down and they've seen the child in its own element. And there was no talk about any oppressive and bad situations. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. And, and to subject that kid uh, of, of that, that journey across on there, yeah. you don't know. To unsafe transport in the back of trucks and You, you, and you don't know what harm yeah. oh, uh, that yeah. psychologically uh, that child went through on there. Uh, yeah. it, and it's a shame. It really is a shame. Fortunately for this particular story, I think the child ended up just perfectly fine. And, and, right. It did have a good ending, but Amen. getting there was exactly. pretty raw. Exactly. Pretty rough. Well... Anybody have any uh, final thoughts? Well, in this world that we have, in today's world, we, we've got a lot going on, you know, between impeachments, between uh, uh, border security, uh, the, the left and the right going at each other and nothing getting done. Uh, sometimes we just need to stop 
and focus on on, on the main thing. Mm-hmm. And it being Christmas, I would uh, I would uh, hope that whether you're left or you're right on there, that uh, that you would take a, a little bit of time out and really uh, think about what 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 we're uh, I just lost the words. What we're trying to right, to, to, what we're moving forward right. to, and, 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 and again, symbolism. It, it, it needs to be, it needs to be godly, and it needs to be God-filled, and they need to see God in us mm-hmm. through our through what we say, through what we do, and you know. I will just tell you this quick little story here. Uh, you know, I I worked retail for several years. And I always hated this time of year because it really brought out the ugly in people. And it took leaving retail to really get back and understand what what this season really is. So, my Jesus isn't in a cage. He definitely isn't in Washington. And he definitely isn't in Washington. You know, uh, Jesus is in this room with us right now, you know. He may be shrugging his shoulders and saying, ah, you guys are a little, little. That's why we have his word, John. That's, that's the closest that's exactly right. we can get to conforming our ways to him. That's exactly right. So and that's the bottom line. You know, you know uh, I think the famous uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? We've already seen in the word today what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. He would obey the law. As Christians, if we want to see the law change, then we have a responsibility to get out there, back candidates who represent our values, and then once they get into an elected office, then we can see change. It's a shame. Your hope. Your yeah. hope. But it's a it's a shame yeah. that uh, it you know we can talk about this till we're blue in the face, but uh, you know the, the the other side of the uh, spectrum is we holler we want to see the separation of church and state that goes both ways and this was a perverse use of the church attacking the state right 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 Right. and and again going going back from what we said in the very beginning on there you know charity starts it starts at home love starts at home so so uh, you know especially this time of the year you know show that love you know Anybody else? Final thoughts before we close in prayer? You know, I don't think anybody around this table would agree that, you know, we need to be locking up kids and separating no. out families no. and all that. But it, it, it is unfortunately just a result uh, of of the law and, yeah. and, and how things work. And uh, Well, kids and families won't get separated if they obey. The there law. you go. We'll have to close with that. Uh, that's a good, good statement. Yeah, that's a good, good closing, uh, closing uh, statement there, Jody. Jody, why don't you close with prayer, and then I'll finish out the episode this evening. Father God, we just thank you for the ultimate gift that was given, and that is Jesus yeah. Christ. We thank you, Lord, that uh, in a time of heavy commercialization and um, politicalization that uh, we know that Jesus is the reason for this season. Lord, I do pray, and I pray for anybody that is trying to make a better way, Lord, that that, that you would provide that means. Yeah. I think back when, uh, when uh, Joseph took Jesus and Mary 
and he fled to Egypt. He did so under your guidance. Mm. And that is the big difference here. If we take matters into our own hands and we don't have the guidance of you, we're lost. So, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, shed your mercy and your grace. Lord, show the compassion. But, Lord, let there be wisdom and let there be full obedience of the law. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, you can find this episode and other Across the Rail podcast episodes on popular platforms like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes, please take time to give us a five-star, not four-star, five-star rating. If you have questions on this or any other episode, please send us your comments. Cheers or jeers to comments at acrosstherail.com. That's comments at acrosstherail.com. Or look up Across the Rail podcast on Twitter, on the Twitters, by our handle, at across underscore rail. That's at across underscore rail. And leave us any feedback or questions there. Thank you so much for for listening, and Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas!